Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to a special edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. It is Wednesday, May 10th, 2017. On today's show, my guest is a gifted singer, songwriter, and a musician. Uh, she started writing music at a very early age. At 18, she bought a piano when she not only taught herself how to play, but she learned how to coordinate her playing while singing. She's also been doing shows in a variety of different venues, and now with uh, two EPs, a new album, and an upcoming tour, she continues to bring her fans her tenacity, her powerful vocals, and her positive spirit. Please welcome my special guest, Miss Daniel Taylor. <laughs> Hi, Hi Daniel, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Great, great. Welcome to That's Entertainment. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's great to be here, Tammy. Thank you. You're very welcome. You know, when I read your bio, I thought of the, you know, the old saying, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Uh, Some people think that young people nowadays don't have what it takes to make it in the real world. They believe that they don't have the stamina or the drive to make it in the mean streets that we call life. And after reading your story, not only do you have the determination to keep true to your talent or to keep true to your worth while still maintaining a positive attitude, and not everyone can do that. And it was just refreshing to hear how, you know, through, you know, you had some bumps in the road, but you was able to keep up your positive attitude. I want to start yeah. by saying, yeah, I want to, you know, not everyone can do that. What is it about you that, you know, help you maintain the positiveness in your life? What is it that keep you going to keep that positive uh, uh, feeling flowing? Um, well, thanks. That's a lot of nice stuff you just said there. Um, I mm-hmm. um, honestly, I'm. This is so nerdy, but I'm totally a Disney girl, like to the core. And I think um, I have a lot of faith in just life in general. And I think that most people are good people. And I think that most situations, you know, can become what you want them to become. I, you know, all the all the hippy dippy things you put what you get. You know, you get what you put out into the world. Um, you know, be nice to one another. All those easy. I mean, maybe not easy, but all of those easy to say um, sort of uh, cliches, maybe. But I really think that a lot of it came from Disney and I just ate it up, you know, and I just used it in my own life. So I think, and I know this one's so maybe nerdy, but a lot of those messages are about being a good person, about doing the right thing, about being, um, about staying true to who you are and being honest, like just real good, wholesome messages, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, and then in following those just as a child, you know, I mean, I still watch Disney, but as a child, when I was really malleable as a, as a creature, I guess I would apply some of those lessons to my own life, and they worked out really well for me. You know, I mean, the nicer I am to people, the nicer they are to me, and the mm-hmm. harder I work for something, the more likely I am to get there, um, believing in yourself and your dreams and working, you know, doing your best and stuff. All of that stuff 
is honest and and um, true, and it really does work. And I I think because it has you know worked once or twice, it reinforces my belief, and then it keeps working, and it's just a really big cycle. So now all of my songs and stuff become about that type of you know core value for me. I, I all of my songs have some sort of message in them saying you know, do your best, don't give up, fight through whatever you're going through, chase your dreams, like all of them have some sort of message like that, just because I really think that we can all do it, you know. It's so easy to get lost in, inside of responsibility or darkness or just, you know, the weight of the world sometimes because there's so many, honestly, bad things that happen in our world every day. So I think, you know, caring about all those things can really bring you down and it's easy to forget that there's light and beauty and all the other good stuff in there too yes absolutely now let's go back to the beginning when you started writing songs how old were you and did your family and friends like did did, did, did you get the support at the very beginning because you know when you start at a very young age you know people are like oh you know why is she doing that or do you get the support from your family and friends yeah so I mean, the very beginning, I was, like, five, the very first song I ever wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was probably horrible. I don't even really remember it. Um, but I, my, my mom and my biological father divorced. Mm-hmm. And then my mom met, like, this new guy. And I was, like, five years old. I totally loved him. And he decided he wanted to adopt me officially. So he was, like, officially my dad. So we went to court, and I was all nervous. that I wrote a song, and everyone thought it was cute. Um, but I was a very, my mom, it was very important to my mom that all, I have two sisters, that all three of us learned a classical instrument because she thought it helped with brain development and stuff, you know. So I learned the clarinet and I played it all through, you know, elementary, junior high, high school, college, all of that. And um, my, I, I always wanted to sing, like I tried to be in choir when I was in junior high and stuff. And a lot of teachers were like, no, 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 you're really good at the clarinet. You should just do that, you know which was frustrating for me, and I stayed really shy. Like, I didn't sing in front of other people. And then I think when I was, like, 19, um, I told one of my friends, oh, I want to be a singer. And she's like, oh, I know a guy. You know, like, she can help you out. He's like a producer. And I was like, oh, yay. So I went to this um, guy's house. His name is Dennis Weber. And I, he's, I guess he's, like, a Disney producer person. I don't, I don't really know. But he, um, he asked me, like, okay, like, sing a song. So I sang, uh, I don't know, probably something – um, by Bonnie McKee, actually, I think is what I did. Um, she, she's, I don't know if you know who she is, but she did the bombastic stuff. She writes a lot of songs for Katy Perry, but she had her own thing going. I mean, now she has her own thing now, but she had her own thing going on way back then. And um, he was like, yeah, you have a good voice. Like, what do you play instrument-wise? And I was like, oh, the clarinet? <laughs> like, you can't really sing <laughs> and play that at the same time. So he was like, you got to learn to write songs, and you need to learn to play an instrument because there are a million pretty voices in the world and you're not going to stand out if you don't know how to do your own thing um so then I tried the guitar and I was horrible it was too hard it hurt my fingers at the time I wore acrylics and I was like I'm not going to take these off for the guitar um so then I was like oh piano and like you mentioned I got I got my piano and then I started I started trying to write songs and I didn't really know what I was doing so I wrote a lot of terrible songs and it's hard to get going sometimes because you don't have any um, like if you're by yourself, you don't like you might know about music, but you don't know about song structure, and you don't know about um, you know how to really write a lyric that makes sense or that that people care about. Um, 
it's kind of hard. And so you, you, you make really bad music to start out. You know, you got to keep loving it. And, you know, there might be potential in there. Someone really seasoned Michael. Oh, yeah, there's potential to keep working, you know. But you're probably really bad. So I was really bad at first. <laughs> and um, my, um, my, my family was supportive but, like, not supportive. You know what I mean? They were like, oh, right. are you sure? I know that you're really good at music because I had been good at the clarinet. They were like, mm, you know, but I kept going and, um, you know, I eventually got better. And as I got better, they got more supportive, you know, so I don't know if that's normal. I don't know. I mean, cause your family wants you to do well. And a lot of times being a musician is scary, you know, for the family, not just for the person, but because they are like, oh my gosh, are you sure you're going right. to want to do this? So, I mean, I want to say yes. I mean, I don't have a, there's no like negative weird feelings. You know, I feel really, um, fortunate that my family has been honest with me as opposed to just, you know, telling me I was great when I wasn't. Because now when they tell me that they think I'm great, I'm like, all right, you mean it. Thank you. You know? Right, so, right. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I remember you were saying um, in your bio that that once you had bought the piano, at, at one time you um, you had left home and uh, you were, according to your, your bio, you said you was, uh, for a few months you was on the couch train and you yeah. said that you had to make a decision whether to uh, either uh, buy a new refrigerator for, you know, yeah. or buy a used piano. And you practiced yeah. for six hours a day do you have any yeah. kind of social life or you just uh, just that determined well so six hours a day um sounds like a lot until you realize that you probably only work for eight mm-hmm. you probably only hang out with your friends for like between two and four hours you know when you're you know young and um i couldn't drink yet <laughs> so <laughs> i mean i wasn't going out partying you know um so I think I was like 20 when I got that piano. But, yeah, I mean, I lived in <clears> – <throat> I used to live in Ventura County, and I was living in Camarillo at the time. Mm-hmm. And my my whole, like, living situation – I'm finally stable, thank God. But I – you know, I started out – I moved out of my home the day after I graduated high school because <clears throat> I wanted to be independent and free of the rules that my parents, you know, laid out for me and stuff. So I moved out, and it was a very – um, rash decision. <laughs> I didn't really mm-hmm. think it through. So I ended up on a bunch of people's couches and stuff. And then um, I left my situation near my folks' home that I was, you know, all those different houses and stuff. And I tried to make my way on my own. And, you know, off and on, I, I found myself living in my car and, you know, all the sad stuff. You know, I'm kind of, I mean, it happened and it, it totally is unfortunate, but I don't really let it define me. So it's not like a huge moment in my life, but it definitely happened. I mean, I lived in my car, I slept in the mall parking lot out in Ventura, showered in their community bathroom. It's gross. Um, but when I moved into the house in Camarillo, it was a house that I was renting and I was in the front part and the landlord was in the back part of the house mm-hmm. and um, like, like a granny flat kind of thing. And I, I knew I wanted a piano, and I had been looking and looking and looking, and I also needed a refrigerator and had been looking. And my go-to at that point in life was Craigslist. Like, all my furniture came from Craigslist. You know, my whole band came from Craigslist. <laughs> so everything was <laughs> Craigslist. And, um, and so I tried to find this piano, and this family was giving one away for free. They were like, you can have the piano. It's perfect. It works. You just have to move it. And to right. move a piano, you need strong people in like a u-haul you know and the situation was the same with the refrigerator it was free on craigslist but you had to move it 
So I, either way, I had to get a U-Haul, but I only had enough money for gas to go to one location because they were in two separate areas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And I was like, I'm just going to get the piano, and I'll figure out the food part. Like, whatever. Right. <laughs> so I, I got the piano, and I stuck it in this room, and it was, like, connected to the landlord's, like, bedroom or something, you know, like the wall. Right. And so I would play it every single day, and I'd play it for hours and hours and hours and hours, and eventually he was like, you are way too loud. I'm so sorry. You're so nice, but you, you got to go, you know. And I've had that happen a couple times where I just play the piano so much because I want to be good at it, and the only way to be good at something is to do it a lot, you know. Exactly, so. exactly. And the um, the yeah. area that you was referring to, it, it's, uh, that's the Southern California area, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was, okay. It's like a, an hour north of L.A. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, I know that you um, – after you got very, you taught yourself how to play the piano. You uh, was able to uh, go to several uh, venues and perform at certain uh, cafe spots, and uh, you even made your way to uh, the Rainbow Room and the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? Yeah, so when I started performing and I finally could like sing and play at the same time. I thought that the best thing to do would to be would be to go into LA and like hit every hot spot, you know, play all the spots. Mm-hmm. So I I would play out um, I think like two three times a week, and I would just you know work with the booking people because there's there's people that book those places for you, and so I would work with them and I would make sure I brought a crowd. And um, sometimes my crowd was only five people, and then sometimes it was like 25 people. It just varied, you know, because I was playing so often. And, um, you know, you be nice to people, and they're nice to you. So I got a lot of opportunities, and I did play at the Rainbow Room and the Whiskey and the Viper Room and the Roxy and had the House of Blues, and I did all those spots. But I realized um, that, that I got kind of burnt out on doing those spots um, mm-hmm. because the model in L.A., like the way that music works in L.A., is not really um, for the beginning artist. I guess is the best way to say it. Like, it's it's kind of a weird setup. You know, the venue doesn't really do a lot of promoting of the show most of the time. You promote the show, you bring the fans, and then you get a cut of however many people you bring, but you're only bringing, you know, the people you know, and they do a lineup of artists or musicians that don't go with one another, right? It would be me and then, like, some hip-hop artists and then, like, a metal band. And so the people that liked that hip-hop artist didn't come from me or they didn't care about me. And the people that were for me didn't stay for the hip-hop. And the people that stayed for the hip-hop didn't stay for the metal. So we all only got whoever we brought. You know, we weren't earning new fans. No, no new people were hearing our music. Not that my music was great, let's be honest, but nobody knew was hearing me. Right, <laughs> So right. I kind of, um, I liked it. I liked saying that I had been to those places. I liked the prestige of having performed there. Um, I felt like people took me more seriously because I had done all of that. And I'm really glad that I did, but... That, that model just wasn't working for me, and I wanted to find, um, I guess, a place where people, I could find new new ears to perform for. You know, it wasn't really about, like, the money part of it. I mean, that's always great when you get paid for something, but it was mostly about, like, people hearing my music and liking it and getting new fans and building your base, which is hard to do when you're only bringing the same five people. Like, I would literally print out flyers and flyer everywhere around where I was going to be performing and still nobody that I knew would, you know, nobody knew would come to my show. So it's really hard. Yeah, <laughs> I can easy, imagine. a uh, way to do it. Right, yeah. right. 
Wow. Well, if you guys are just tuning in, you're listening to a special edition of Vast Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibb, broadcasting live from the NYC. And today's my special guest is singer, songwriter, musician, Daniel Taylor. Uh, Daniel has uh, written songs Ever since she was a small child, she has even she's a self-taught musician. And if you are a fan of her and you're familiar with her music and you have uh, been following her all as long as she's been doing this, and you want to ask her a question, please do. The call-in number is three four seven six three seven two six five six, and press the number one again. That's three four seven six three seven two six five six, and press the number one. You can uh, leave your questions in the chat room and. Um, uh, if time permits, we'll try to get to them. Daniel, I wanted to go back to uh, also, you have already put out two EPs, uh, one mm-hmm. with the uh, Don't Turn on the Light and The Chase, and now you have a new full-fledged album called 1440. How long did it take to make this album, and uh, who do you work with uh, on this album? Yeah, uh, that is a great question. <laughs> um, I so the album wasn't it didn't take too long. I I mean I guess I mean a lot of the process is, is a solo process, right? Like I write all the songs by myself and then I bring them to my band and I bring them to my producer and then they get you know tweaked and edited and made more fancy. Um, so the songwriting process is probably um, a year maybe, and I'm only saying that because I don't, you know, I'm not on a label or anything. I I do everything myself right now. Um, so I don't have any time constraints. I don't have any people that are telling me like, Oh, you hurry up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my writing process, I only finish songs that I think are, are good. You know, like I'll start a song and I'll be like, Oh, this wasn't jiving for me. I'm over it. So then I don't finish it. And then I only pick the ones that I like, you know? So, um, so I mean, I, I off and on would come to writing because I do a lot of other stuff since I do so much myself. I do a lot of my booking and a lot of my um, – I, I have a, a PR company now, which I'm really grateful for, um, called Big Hype Marketing. But they um, – before working with them, like I just signed on with them, I did everything, my booking, my PR, um, reaching out to new people, trying to get you know agents and managers and all that stuff. So a lot of my time is spent not even doing music. So when I do the music part of it, it really just has to be right. So it took about a year, um, and my first EP um, I did out in Ventura County where I was living at the time um, with some producers from this band called Army of Freshmen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, their names are Chris J and Aaron Goldberg, and I worked with them, and that was really great. Um, and that helped me get into bigger shows where I got to open for people because I was shopping. I'm not shopping, but I was sending that record out like, hey, you let me play for you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wanted to work with, someone fancier on um, someone who had like, you know, really good experience working on really good records and stuff like that. So that's when um, I found Eric Talaba who did my second EP called the chase. And um, that one was a really hard one for me. That one took a little, I don't know how long it took, maybe like a month or two. I don't know how long the songwriting part took cause I don't remember, but um, you know, I mean, it, it was really intensive um, condensed, work with Eric, um, which is, you know, I think that's great as opposed to stretching it all over, you know, a series of months. So um, working with him on that one, it turned out beautifully and I was really happy about it. And he pointed out some places where I needed to grow as a singer. And it was really frustrating and hard, you know, growth is always being told you're not as awesome as you think you are sucks. <laughs> and, uh, 
so it was hard for me, but it was really honestly the best thing that, that anyone professionally has done for me because, I ne- you know, you don't know you need to grow until someone tells you you've got room to grow, you know. Right. So right. I was really happy that, you know, he ended up doing that, and I was really grateful. So I came back to him and I said, hey, I want to do another record. Can we do this? So in April last year, um, we started the process of um, pre-production, which is where I'm sure most people know, but just in case you don't, um, it's where you work with the band and you fine-tune all of the um, different parts. You make sure that you know what you're going to play when you get to the studio because the studio can be like $100 an hour. You want to make sure you're not wasting your money, you know. So um, we started that process in April, and the record was finished, I think, in July completely finished from top to bottom. Um, so all the drums and all the vocals and all the piano parts and, you know, all the backgrounds and weird sounds and everything, the editing, the mixing, the mastering, everything was done from April to July. And then it came out in August last year. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it's cool because I remember going to a New Year's Eve party in 2014, 15, I think in, I guess 2015, like New Year's Eve 2015, and showing a friend of mine the song that I had written, and now that song's on the radio, and so weird, it's so cool, but it's like, you know, I was, it was a nothing song, I just liked it a lot, and I was right. like, here, listen, and they were like, oh, this is great, keep it like this, and I, kind of, yeah, I mean, I did, and now it's, you know, people like it, so it's cool, but I guess that's the length of time, I know, sorry, that was a very long-winded answer. <laughs> Now, the album, um, your latest album, 1440, what does it mean? What does the numbers 1440 mean? Yeah, so it is, um, I'm a total nerd, it is the number of seconds before midnight. So on the front of the album, it's just me with a a big giant gear, like a clock gear. And on the back of the album, it's me standing in front of a giant clock, and the clock says it's 1136. Um, So... Those are the number of minutes to midnight, the number of seconds um, to midnight as well. So, I mean, it's just it's just the measurement of time throughout different songs of what's going on. Um, mainly saying, like, you know, you only have one life to live, and eventually time will be up. You know, like Cinderella at the ball kind of thing? Yeah. And you need to live life to the fullest, make the most out of it. Don't be afraid to take risks because you only get one life, so make it count. That is so true. Well, you know what, Daniel? We're going to play a single from that album, 1440. This is called Dead and Gone. Everyone pretending not to be 
gone by my special guest, Daniel Taylor. She is uh, my special guest on today's show. She's a singer, songwriter, and a self-taught musician. That's from her new album, 1440. And Daniel, you're getting ready to uh, go on tour, correct? Yeah, I um, I do my best to tour California mostly. I would like to branch out maybe into Vegas soon. But um, yeah, we I, I tour year-round, actually, so I'm constantly on tour. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I perform about 170 shows a year, so pretty, pretty crazy, but it's fun. (laughs) Wow. Now, have you, um, thought about, um, one, usually, do you think about going, like, on the East Coast to do some touring, or you haven't decided yet? Maybe you want to do something a little smaller? Have you thought about doing something a little wider span? Yeah, I would love to. Um, I just because I do things myself, I'm honestly not really sure how I would work that out. I mean, I I would 100% love to do it. Um, I would love to come by and do like a live in studio thing with you, and just you know be fancy and go to New York, and um, I would love that stuff. I just haven't uh, gotten my brain around how to make that happen. Just because I, you know, I bring the piano everywhere. If I had a guitar or something, I would just be like. To get in the car, let's go, you know. <laughs> I have a piano, so it's a little, for me, it feels a little more cumbersome. So, um, But I definitely, it's in my plans. I'm hoping that, um, you know, by this time next year, I will definitely be over on the East Coast doing all the, all the great cities over there. Because it's, it's gorgeous over there. And not that it's not beautiful here, but I live here. It's gorgeous <laughs> over there. <laughs> and I also uh, read that you have, you know, you have been to other places. You said something really funny how um, each city, you know, you said you wanted to go to uh, Georgia to get a peach cobbler, and, and you said you wanted to go oh, yeah. to, yeah, that was so funny to me because you, you said you have been to other cities and you wanted to yeah. taste and experience the culture within the cities. Yeah, that's my favorite. I mean, I love traveling. I travel probably like twice a year. I go somewhere just as a person, you know, not as a musician. Um, but I would love to I, – I love food. I'm a big fan of eating. <laughs> so I think that each state does their own delicious thing. You know, like I went to Nashville uh, a couple years ago just for fun, and um, they have – I think it's called hot chicken. 
man, right, right. it's so good, you know. And, like, I had never had, um, I mean, I'd had, like, you know, Southern California version of biscuits and gravy, which is fine, but real biscuits and gravy are amazing, you know. So, right. like, that kind of thing. Or, like, um, when I went to Philadelphia, I had a real Philly cheesesteak, you know. Or I had real, I had, I just went to New York, I think, last year, and I had, um, I always wanted to have Chinese food, like, at 2 in the morning in New York. I don't know why, but I always wanted to do that. The the fact that you can do that kind of stuff is amazing. And I just, I love cities, and I love um, just seeing what each city does. Like, you know, I'm I'm obsessed with diners, drive-ins, and dives because he goes to all these cities and eats food. Yeah, so it's it's one of my things. And if I get an opportunity to see more of America, more of the world, as a touring musician in other states besides California, because California is huge. Um, so, I mean, I get a lot of touring in and I get a, you know, a huge, I think it's like a 600 mile span that I cover year round. So I see a lot of California, um, <clears throat> but I would love to see more of America and perform for people and be like, when I'm done with the show, like, all right, guys, where's like the best, yummiest food in town? And then go with some cool people to like eat, it, you know, a pie somewhere at some diner. I don't know. It would be really fun. I would love to do that. <laughs> now, I know that um, your latest album, 144, just uh, just got released, but are you are are you writing songs? Are you planning songs for your next album? And if you are, are do you have, like, a dream, uh, a wish list of who you would like to collaborate on the album? Or if, do you have a, a wish list of who you would like to write a song with? Yeah, so I actually have started writing new songs. Um, you know, I waited a little while until the bug hit me again, and now I'm, I'm writing again. So I have a couple songs right now. And um, I, I, I strongly believe in um, making new connections and, and meeting new people and growing um, with people that are better than you. Mm-hmm. I also believe in sticking with people who help you out, you know, and who help you from the beginning get to where you are, you know. And I think that Eric... Taliba, my ex, not my ex, my, my producer from my last two records, um, <clears throat> he is, he's been with me, he took a chance on me, and I love that, and he helped me become the singer that I am, honestly, and he knows my, um, my, my style, like, I like, I love pop music, and I love to be really poppy, but I also like to deviate from the norm and be a little weird, you know, and kind of bring in different instruments or different vibes. Um, I'm really inspired by Michael Jackson's um, ability to do anything he wants in the pop, you know, bubble, umbrella. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Eric knows that about me, knows my language when I'm being, you know, because I'm weird. Like, I'll be like, oh, I want this guitar to sound like a dolphin. Oh, can you, you know, cry like, you know, I don't know, like a, like a cow in this part. Like, people are like, what are you talking about when I'm describing, like, what I want the sound to be? And so right. he understands my language. So I really want to continue working with him, but I also want to bring in new people into the fold. So one of the um, producers that I would really like to work with at some point is a a gentleman named Greg Kirsten. And I don't know him, um, but I do know his work. And I know that he's worked with a lot of people that I admire. And I like the songs that he has been a part of um, Adele being one of them, you know, and I, I love big sounds. You know, big mm-hmm. sounds that support big voices, that's, that's something I'm really into. And I like unique sounds instead of just the same stuff that you could hear on any song, switch the finger, you don't know the difference, you know. I'm not really into that kind of production. So I really think that he does a great job of um, 
bringing something unique to the table. And I have a couple people that I know that know him, so I'm hoping that I can, like, network my way to his door and be like, hey, buddy, what's up? Like, you want to work with me? <laughs> so that's my hope for, you know, the next several months ahead. Wow. Now, I know, you know, speaking of genre, you know, you you have that pop sound. Do other people describe your genre besides pop? That Do they compare you to other type of genre, your sound and, and your voice? Yeah, I've been compared. I mean, I so I, my last EP, my, my, the Chase EP, I actually um, did a distribution deal with Sony Red for that, and they classified me as adult contemporary slash pop. Mm-hmm. And pop really is just anything that's popular. So it doesn't really have, I mean, it is a genre, but it changes and evolves over time. You know, adult contemporary is sort of like what adults, like the pop for adults, you know, versus the pop for like 16-year-olds. Um, so those are the two categories that I've been placed in. I'm totally fine with that. I love those categories. <laughs> I like the 16-year-old music and the, you know, 45-year-old music, so whatever. Um, and then voice-wise, I mean, I've been compared all over the map. Um, uh, the, my favorite comparison is Adele. It's, it's an intimidating comparison, and I think it sets up quite a, um, an expectation for people when they haven't heard me at all. Um, I think the reason that I've been compared to her is the, maybe the strength of my voice. Like, I have a very powerful, belty voice now. Um, I can also be all sweet and whatever, but... Her and um, Sarah Bareilles are the two I get compared to the most, which, for me, I'm like thrilled about. You know, those are those are two amazing singers. So I'm I'm absolutely happy to be compared to them. Um, any other time, it's somebody that is most of the time like a person who's like, oh, you you could really do a Stevie Nicks song well, or oh, you've got a Carol King kind of thing going on. Or and I don't really know that <clears throat> when I listen to those those voices, I don't really know that I agree with those comparisons. But I think that people fall in love with songs and songwriters and singers and it, those people touch their lives in some way and then they see something in me that's, that's hopefully touching them and that's kind of why they make those comparisons that don't always fit but they make sense because I did something and this other singer did something and it just is touching the same chord within a person so yes yes wow um, I think your voice is very powerful it's beautiful but you have that range um, do you know what your octave range is? Yeah, so it's like three and a half plus like two notes or something. So it's like three octaves and, I don't know, six yeah. notes. Wow. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. For those who are just tuning in, you're, if you haven't been uh, here at the beginning of the show, you are missing it. Today I'm speaking with the very talented, the multi, multifaceted Danielle Taylor. She's a singer. She's a songwriter. She's a, a self-taught musician. Her latest album is 1440, and uh, we're also going to play another single from that album, and this one is called Warrior. Yeah. You're moving stone by stone as you climb up the mountains, mighty things you know it. Touch and go, but you say, I will not back down. I am a warrior. And when the world forgets you, love one another, cause they're too afraid to embrace each other. You say, I will not back down. I am a warrior. Raise your voice and Show them all your 
guest Danielle Taylor from her latest album 1440 before you go Danielle where can people find your music and uh, where can your fans um, follow you on social media so I my website is DanielleTaylorMusic.com no weird spelling just a normal DanielleTaylorMusic.com you can Google me too just Danielle Taylor there's an MMA fighter and that's not me (laughs) (laughs) and that one's me Um, and then my Facebook is Danielle Taylor Music so if you're just searching in the bar you can write Danielle Taylor Music my Instagram is Danielle Taylor Music and my Twitter is the one that's a little different it's Danielle Taylor underscore so that is all my fanciness in a nutshell. And all my music, of course, is on my website. <laughs> and then all the sites, like you can find me on Spotify and iTunes and Google Music and Amazon. Anywhere that you would buy or stream music, I'm pretty much there. Now, do you also have like a YouTube channel as well? Oh, yeah, thank you. I do. It is called Danielle Taylor Vivo, and it has all of my fancy music videos. Um, and I just actually released last month a music video for the song RSVP, which is one that we, um, you know, wanted to wanted to push uh, about a month and a half ago because it's also on Sirius XM Radio. Um, we are on I we I am on Velvet, um, the station, and it's on channel 304 now, I think. But you can listen online as well. So, and uh, also um, you're going to be starting your tour soon in California. Uh, I believe your first stop is in uh, Idlewild, California, which is, uh, I think, Friday, May 12th, correct? Yeah, yes, that is absolutely correct. I'm going to be out in Idlewild, and then I think I go to Paso, and then Paso Robles, 
Robles, dang it, I always say that wrong. Robles <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then San Diego and then L.A. It's kind of a ping pong ball of California um, <laughs> or a pinball machine, you know, like bing, 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 bing. But, yeah, I, I all of my shows are listed on both my Facebook and my website. Um, so you can catch my whole tour and find me anywhere that you are if you're a Californian. And eventually I will make my way out to New York. I'll hang out with you, Tammy. We'll get some oh, good food. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> well, Daniel, I'd like to thank you for taking the time out. I know you have a busy schedule ahead of you. And I want to wish you continued success. Keep doing the positive thing. And, uh, again, um, for those who want to follow Danielle on uh, Instagram, make sure you go to Daniel Taylor Music, Twitter at Daniel Taylor underscore her website. You can check out she has music on there as well. Uh, just go to www.danieltaylormusic.com. Her music is also available on iTunes, Spotify, and she also even has a YouTube channel. So check it out. She has a couple of videos on there as well. Thank you so much, Daniel, for taking the time out. And uh, I also want to thank Rachel Darris for making this interview possible and uh, continued yeah. success. Thank you so much. I love chatting with you. It was so fun. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that that was Daniel Taylor. Make sure you check her out. And for those who live on the West Coast, specifically in the California area, make sure you check out. She's on tour from May 12th to October 8th. Her first stop is in Idlewild, California. If you want to check out her other tour dates, make sure you go on her website at www.danieltaylormusic.com. That's Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, music.com. Make sure you follow her on Facebook. You can also um, befriend her on Facebook. Um, at Daniel Taylor, you can also follow her on Twitter at uh, at Daniel Taylor underscore, and also she's on Instagram at Daniel Taylor Music. Right now we have uh, 15 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and uh, we'll be back. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Rulo, and I love the fact that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. Fifteen million children struggle with hunger in America. However, the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks is able to help provide over three billion meals to children and families in need all across the country. Join me in the fight against hunger at FeedingAmerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Tune in to That's Entertainment, the number one source of entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with the host Tammy Jones Gibbs, right here on Block Talk Radio.
you're just tuning in, you're listening to a special edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibb, where every Wednesday I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, pop music, pop culture, and a few celebrity interviews. If you're just tuning in, you missed a real treat because today I had the very talented singer, songwriter, self-taught musician, Daniel Taylor. Uh, She has a new album out called 1440 with 11 songs. Uh, she will be touring this Friday, May 12th to October 8th. If you want to check out her music, make sure you check her out on her website at www.danieltaylormusic.com. Follow her on Instagram at Daniel Taylor Music. Follow her on Twitter at Daniel Taylor underscore. And you can also befriend her on Facebook at Daniel Taylor. Uh, right now, we only have 13 minutes left remaining in the show. I'd like to thank Daniel for taking the time out and coming on the show today. I also want to thank uh, Rachel Darris again for making this interview possible. That will do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.